Well, summer is here. Can you believe it? School is almost out. Yes. A lot of us, a lot of us like to go to the beach in the summer. Some of you will go to Florida. Others will go out to California. A lot of us here will go to the beautiful shores of Galveston. I, I love the ocean. I, I've, I've grown up around the ocean. It's, it's, it's where I go to. It makes me happy. And as a lot of you know, one of the things I like to do is surf. And surfing has just been a, a joy to learn how to do. It's a really hard sport. It looks easy, but it's hard. I'm not that good at it, but I really enjoy it. And a lot of times people ask me questions because I spend so much time in the ocean. And one of the questions I get asked over and over and over and over again is this. And that is, are you afraid of sharks? Okay. And... Um, and the answer is yes and, and no. Um, the, the yes part is, of course I'm afraid of sharks, right? I mean, what a way to go to be eaten by another creature, to be their lunch or breakfast. That, that out of all the ways to go, that's, that's not a good way to go. So of course, and, and people you are wondering, well, you know, how do I know that sharks are where I will be or if I'm swimming in the ocean at this particular place, how do I know if sharks are there? Well, it's very simple. Just when you get to that particular body of water, wade out about waist deep, get your index finger out, stick it in the water, taste it, and if it tastes salty, there's sharks in that water every single time. So yes, of course, I'm concerned about sharks and think about them. I have to process that every time I go and paddle out. But on the other hand, no, I'm not afraid of them at all because for the last several decades, I've always practiced this one simple rule. And if you go into the ocean this summer, practice this one rule and sharks will not attack you. And here it is. When you hear the music, get out of the water immediately, okay? So that's, that's what I, I do. And the biggest danger in, in the ocean is, is not what's gonna eat you or sting you. It's not, the biggest danger, as a lot of you know, it's, it's the current. That's what will get you. It's, it's the riptide. Because when you get into the ocean, usually there's a strong current, whether you know it or not, and sometimes there's riptide, and it will take you and you'll begin to drift. And sometimes it will pull you out. And if you're not aware, you'll wake up far, far away from home base. It's easy when you get into the ocean to, to drift. It, it's easy, I've discovered in life, to drift. It's easy if you lead a company to experience mission drift, as people drift away to the purpose as to why you do what you do in your business. It's easy to drift away in relationships. It's easy to drift away when it comes to our relationship with God. The Bible often uses another analogy. It says that we are prone to wander, or as, the passage says in 1 Peter chapter 2, for you are like sheep, we're all like sheep, have you heard this, that have gone astray, astray. It's kind of like this video I saw someone sent me a while back of this sheep. Check, check it out. Look at this. 
See if you can relate. I can. Anyway, that's it, right? So, sheep, here's what I've discovered. <laughs> yeah, the guy just bails. Sheep need a shepherd, don't we? Because how many times in our life, I will not ask for a show of hands here, okay? But a lot of us would raise our hands. Can we kind of relate to that sheep, right? Where we're stuck, and we're in a bad situation, we're like, oh God, help, God, rescue me. If you will rescue me, then I will do this. We try to cut a deal with God. And he comes and he wedges us out, pulls us out of the ditch. And then by golly, right, we just kind of wander out and eventually jump back in the very same ditch, right? Luckily, we're not alone. What Paul said in Romans 7, the things we want to do, we don't do. The things we don't want to do, we end up doing. Yeah? So sheep need a, a shepherd, right? We need a shepherd. That, that's why we're starting a series today, continuing in Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm 23, verse by verse by verse, because we all need a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd calls the sheep by name. A shepherd goes before and guides and leads. A shepherd protects from enemies and wolves. A shepherd restores, a shepherd rescues. A shepherd is willing many times to sacrifice and to lay down his life for his sheep. And when one sheep gets away and one sheep goes into the ditch, the shepherd goes in and rescues that sheep. That's what a shepherd does. And though a lot of us, or not all of us here are Aggies, or, or thank you, I was waiting for that. But you know, a lot of us, you know, kind of grew up around the farm, we kind of know, but a lot of us don't know what a shepherd is. I'm kind of, you know, urban and stuff. But we use the lingo in our business world today. Like if someone comes on uh, your company or, or you're brand new, they will say, hey, who is gonna shepherd them through this process? Who's gonna shepherd them through, you know, our mission statement, our values, and to help them figure out this new position or this new company that they're a part of. So you need someone when you're new or you have someone new, you need someone to shepherd you through the process. How about life? <laughs> life that's full of pain and full of disappointment. Life that sometimes you feel like, I'm king of the world. And other times you feel like you've hit rock bottom. Who is going to shepherd you through this process we call life? Who will be your Shepherd. So today we don't have shepherds, right? Today we have phones and we follow people, right? We follow people for leadership videos and 
you know, blogs or whatever, you know, podcasts and they're a little short. We follow them maybe for fashion tips or beauty tips, or we follow them to get workout and inspiration. Guys, you have to get up at 5 a.m. No, the next guy says 4 a.m. No, the next guy, you better be getting up at 2.30 or you're a whip. So we follow these people. And these people often give good advice. They're good resources. I use them. We, a lot of us here use them as resources, but they're not the source. I can't allow them or you can't allow them to shepherd you, to guide you. And also in our society today, there are a lot of bad shepherds out there. You know, you could talk about, we have time to get into this today, but you could talk about, you know, Marx and Foucault and Freud that have infiltrated our school system and academia and really all of our society today that are spreading a type of weird, strange indoctrination that makes everyone a victim. And all of their speech is protected by YouTube, by Instagram, by Facebook, and they decide what information you get and what information I get. And these folks are bad shepherds. They're bad actors. So there are all kinds of shepherds out there. Who are you? Who am I gonna give my mind, my time, and my thoughts to? Who will be our shepherd? So if you have a Bible, open them up to the very middle to the book of Psalms. We've been in Psalms for a long time. We're gonna go verse by verse by verse through this epic, iconic chapter, Psalm 23. David, alpha male leader, former shepherd, current king, a guy who had been at the top of the world, the guy who had hit rock bottom. David is now reflecting over his life and he picks up a pen and he writes some of the most memorable poetry in the history of mankind. In his first verse, he writes down nine words that has influenced billions of people for centuries around this planet. And here's what he says about his shepherd. Psalm 23, one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Many years ago when we opened this worship center, we invited one of the most famous pastors in the 20th century to speak in this pulpit. His name was Reverend E.V. Hill from South Central Los Angeles. And Dr. Hill tells a story about one time when he was flying from New York City to Los Angeles, that four hour cross country journey. He said, when I got on the plane, I took my seat. He said, you know what? I'm gonna meditate on Psalm 23 during this flight. So he said, I started off with the Lord. He goes, I just started looking around at all the passengers there and look at their different lives and kind of imagine their stories. I just said to myself, the Lord. Because I started looking at the flight attendants and I started thinking about the people the, that were flying the plane, the pilots, and I just said, the Lord. Then I thought about the food that was about to come down the aisle back when we had food on planes and you know, the drinks that we would have. I just said to myself, the Lord. 
He said, then I began to look outside the window there and I saw the, the white puffy clouds like cotton candy and the blue sky. I could feel the warmth of the sun coming through the plain. And I thought to myself, the Lord. He said, I just kept meditating. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Because then finally, when we touched down in LAX four hours later, I got to is my shepherd. Nine words. Simple, yet sublime. Concise, yet deep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or as one translation says, I have everything that I need. I was driving around with a friend of mine recently and we were talking about different things. And he started saying to me, hey, listen, my understanding of God is this. He says, my God is a now God. My God is a right now God. And I like that when he said it. I go, man, that's really good. Or as I like to say, that will preach, okay? My God is a right now God. That's what David is saying here in this Psalm 23. He's saying the Lord is, he is my shepherd, not that he was my shepherd, though he was, not that he will be, though he was in the future. He says, in this present moment, God, Yahweh, Jehovah, is my shepherd. As I look back over my life, the highs and the lows and the in-between, the joys and the pain and the disappointment, the confusion and uncertainty through it all, David is saying, God, the Lord, is my shepherd and he is my shepherd right now. Maybe you need God to be your shepherd right now. The Lord is my shepherd. There's an isness, there's a nowness about the reality of God's guidance and shepherding us. The Lord, the Lord. The Lord is my, right? The Lord is my shepherd. Not yours or his or hers, my shepherd. It's personal. It's one of the ways you can kind of think about the first few words in this psalm. You take your thumb out and say, the Lord is my. That's the wedding ring figure, whether you're married or not. It's personal, right? It's relational. The Lord is my, my. He's my shepherd. My shepherd. My God. He is the one that oversees my life. This Lord calls me by name. This shepherd pulls me out of the pit and out of the ditch and leads me beside still waters and restores me and heals me and gathers me and protects me. The Lord is my, my shepherd. Jesus would say this in John 10, 27, my sheep, my sheep, 
They hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. They follow me. And when Jesus came on the scene there early in the first century and he said to the multitudes and he said to his followers, I am the good shepherd. They knew immediately what he was referring to. He was referring back to Psalm 23. I am this good shepherd. I am the Lord. I am the shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and he was predicting what would happen in his death as he, was, as he would lay down his life for us, for you and for me. Well, I don't feel very valued. I don't feel like I'm worth anything. You're worth the life and the death of the Son of God. The good shepherd who laid down his life for you and laid down his life for me. And as we'll see in the following weeks, we'll see that this good shepherd guides us and leads us. I need guidance. I'm horrible. All the men in our family have a horrible sense of directions. Terrible, it's pathetic. I mean, I'm the third worst. My older brother Ed's second, and my dad's at the top of the chart. He gets lost in a closet. I mean, I'm telling you, we all got it. So the Lord, as we're gonna see in the following weeks, is like a, a GPS and he knows your current location and knows my current location. And he's gonna guide us and put us on the road that you need to be on, that I need to be on. He's in your car. Don't be looking for guidance in someone else's car. He's guiding you and he's guiding them, but allow him to be your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd. Who really knows you? Who really cares for you? Who really sees you deeply? and knows you better than you know yourself. The Lord. He is the true shepherd in your life and the true shepherd of your soul. We have a lot of good resources, but he is the source. He's the source. He's the ultimate GPS, right? And the good news is, look, look at the rest of the verse. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd, therefore I shall not want. I have everything that I need. I don't need a thing. I lack nothing because God is my shepherd. It doesn't mean I don't have wants and desires. It doesn't mean I've got every single thing I want and now I'm happy and pappy and bursting with love. No, it means that God is the ultimate source of my life that God knows my name, that God knows the path that I need to be on, and that God is gonna protect me and guide me on that path. And as we'll see, when there's darkness in my life and I can't see and I need direction, that he will be th with me through this time of darkness and time of fear, that he is with me. Therefore, I have everything that I need 
John Calvin, not exactly Mr. Warm and Touchy-Feely, said this about the Psalms. He said, this Psalm is neither intermingled with prayers nor does it complain of miseries for the purpose of obtaining relief, but it contains simply, I like this, a thanksgiving. No misery, no asking for stuff, just a simple thank you very much, Lord. Peace. So Psalm 23 is pure gratitude, isn't it? It's just pure gratitude. Looking back over his life, colorful life, exciting life, a powerful life, a beautiful life, a a, a painful life, a brutal life. David says, you know, through it all, I'm thankful God has been my shepherd. In the midst of chaos, he's given me Clarity in the midst of uncertainty, he's giving me security in the midst of fear. I have peace. I have everything that I need, is what he's saying. And God gives us what we need when we need it. A lot of times, as sheep, I confess, I start looking to the future and it fills me with anxiety and worry, right? Because usually when we picture the future and we start playing out these scenarios and fear envelops our life, we picture the future without the grace and the provision of the good shepherd. Life may get tough, life may get brutal, things may get worse. But God is going to be there in that day to give you what you need when you need it. Yeah. I remember going to to one of my counselors. That's right, one of my counselors. And they told me, you know, things are going to get worse. I would go in every Friday. You know, things are going to get a lot worse. It's like, well, thank you. Yes. And they did. But God was there in the worst. So why? Because he's a good shepherd. He's gonna protect, he's gonna provide, he's gonna give you and I what we need when we need it. So what's the word to us today? The word to us today for a lot of us here is stay close to the shepherd. A lot of you are already tracking, man. The Lord is your shepherd. You can say this verse, he is my shepherd personally. I know his presence in my life. I know the peace that he's given me in in my life. I'm on the path with him. My word to you, say this, stay close to the shepherd. You've been nodding through this message. Yeah, that's right. I understand. God's been there for me just like that. I get it. Others of you, we've all been there. I've been there too. Or like the rest of 1 Peter 2.25 that I read earlier for you were like sheep that have gone astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of the soul, of your souls. So some of you here need to return back to the good shepherd. One of the things I was you know, aware of in getting ready for this is what, what are some bad shepherds that I've listened to? Who are some bad shepherds 
that I've put my life in the hands. I, I need to return to the source, not just a resource. I need to return to the source, the true shepherd of my soul. Maybe you need to return to that good shepherd. And it's my prayer for you as, as it has been throughout this series that you would make this book, the Psalms, right, your go-to to help you go through whatever you're experiencing in life. And my prayer is that you would make the good shepherd, right? Christ, make the good shepherd your go-to, your go-to that helps you go through whatever you're facing in your life right now. Um, you know, a lot of times God calls us to actually live out what you're preaching, right? Sometimes I'm like, you know, I would rather preach it than live it. But recently, I've been going through um, some pretty challenging things the last several weeks. Um, briefly, I'll tell you what happened. So six years ago, my brother um, had a surgery called mitral valve surgery. It's a type of heart surgery. Mitral valve prolapse is something you're born with. It's genetic. He had it. So six years ago, I said, I want to find out if I had it. So I did, but it was real slight. And the doctor said, don't worry about it. Just check it. It may never, ever develop. And just check on it, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So four weeks ago, went to my cardiologist, you know, checked it out, did the treadmill test. It was like, fantastic. Blood work, great. Echocardiogram, which is kind of a sonogram on your heart. Not so great. So they discovered that I had the same thing that my brother had and that I have to have surgery. Yeah. So the last several weeks, I've kind of known this and Chrissy and I, my wife, been looking for the right doctor and right surgeon and uh, just praying that God would give me peace and lead us to the right people. And I can really say uh, with great confidence that God has given me and given us peace and is really shepherding us through this whole process. So I wanted you to know about that. My surgery is coming up. It's, it's Thursday. Yeah, so uh, clap for the surgeon, please. And, and Wednesday night, uh, pray for me. I will uh, be going under the knife early on Thursday morning, but I do appreciate your prayers. And I do want to testify, as we used to say a long time ago, that God truly is your shepherd. And he's no respecter of persons. It's not because, well, you're a pastor and you have a direct line to God. No, I don't. I wish I did. I wish I had a bat phone, right, like Commissioner Gordon, but I don't. It's the same phone that you use. And God's word says that he's no respecter of persons. So whatever you're going through or challenge, whether it's medical or physical, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's in your, the relational world, listen, turn to the good shepherd. Turn to the good shepherd. He will shepherd you through, he will guide you through, and he will give you peace in the middle of the storm. He really and truly will if you'll open your heart and your mind to him. So the question is, is he, is the Lord your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? Is he calling you by name?